0: Hey world, Mike is here, giving a shout out to Kind of Epic Show, here to promote my new album, Eleven Gates, an epic electronic journey. It's made its debut on August 16th this week. Eleven Gates is available on Bandcamp at mikasmusic.bandcamp.com. Thanks again for all the listeners out there and to Kind of Epic Show.
1: Thanks guys, keep it epic.
0: about that because I haven't read the book yet. Secret Nazi Love Child. Yeah, I don't want to go into it because I haven't read the book Scorpius? yet. Scorpius? Well, yes, but I don't need to know. What is Scorpius? I don't need to know because I haven't read the book But yet. are you going to read the book? I'm probably going to read the book. It's enjoyable. It's, it's been spoiled read. but I don't want it spoiled completely.
2: Okay. Well, is, is, I'm just curious. Is Scorpius like a Nazi
0: reference? No, there was maybe an Eva Braun Hitler love child that was rumored to exist in the world, and so that's supposed to be the allegory. Which even saying that is probably going to be a spoiler in the context of Harry Potter. I I understand. But I don't know that that's a spoiler, because I haven't read it. But you looking at me like that makes me think it's a spoiler.
2: I understand it. Well, it's more of a, uh, you feel bad for the kid because they think he's that. Malfoy's son, they think is actually Voldemort's son. Oh. You feel really bad for the kid because of it.
0: I don't though. Yeah,
2: but he no, he's a great, he's I a great character. He's, yeah, okay, he, yeah. he he's Albus's uh, best friend.
0: Okay, that's that'll be but interesting. But people
2: pick on him because they think he's.
0: Oh, is he the titular character?
2: He's one of them.
0: Is he the aforementioned cursed child?
2: No, that's Albus.
0: Oh, really? Oh yeah, I'd heard that, but
3: yeah, I don't
2: know. It it's cursed is like he doesn't have a curse on him. He's just cursed because his father's Harry fucking potter.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Does Not that make just, sense? Yeah, it does, yeah.
2: He's the 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 mousy kid that no one talks to and make fun of him. Don't they
3: have fun. other children though? So yeah, like
2: he's he's that he's that middle kid that just Why did they name
3: him after they... the one that they like though? What do you mean? Yeah, it's like Albus. Like he's like, oh, yeah, I'm naming you after.
2: Albus Severus Potter. Yeah,
3: yeah. So what was the other kid's names? James. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he got like the normal name, and then he got was...
2: his he got his grandfather's name, which yeah. makes sense.
3: And then everybody else was just like, hey, um, we, we're gonna have a lot more kids, but then Lily was all like, um, yeah, we don't need the, to have her a daughters.
2: Movie. Lily, I believe. Her name or
3: gin, gin... What's what's her name? Ginny. Ginny. Almost called her Ginger, and that just wouldn't have been appropriate. No, it wouldn't have. You know, well, I mean, it would have
0: been, let's be honest. Yeah,
2: too. because...
0: Yes. But, no. It's just like, factory closed. No more Weasleys, okay? <laughs> Weasley production yeah, line's no, been shut down. There Stepata.
2: are no Weasleys. Yeah. On the other side... Well, she's
3: doing e-books now, too, apparently. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think... Do you have to be on Pottermore to get them, or do you have yeah, to buy them? Yeah,
2: I think them? they're on Amazon. But they're like... They were, I think they were on Pottermore. I think there were stories that are, were on Pottermore that are now being collected as a book, but not a physical book, because if they were physical books, I would actually buy them.
3: I'm probably going to buy them on Amazon, but I think, like, she may person. be back in, well, I mean, I don't mind. I prefer, I mean, I prefer a physical book, but I also have a very tiny I book. I like audio
2: books. I do like audio books.
3: I may have listened to 111 of them in the past year.
2: That's a lot of audio books. Yeah, I have
3: a boring job.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I did, it, I did it all the time at FedEx. Huh. But, uh, guys, we have a nice interview for you all today.
0: Um, we're doing the intro.
2: We are doing the
0: intro. This has nothing to do
2: with any of that. You might
0: want to scrap it.
2: No, we can talk... Uh, we're the kind of epic show. But
3: we'll get into it. We're now getting into it. See, see, this is what I try... We try and do something thematically appropriate, and then you just like...
2: We can start and and talking about, about Harry Potter. Editing. Uh, we can uh, talk about Harry Potter at the beginning.
3: But... We have a wonderful. Come for the Harry Potter, stay for the dick jokes.
2: No, yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not falling for that. Um, but yeah, uh, of course, I'm David West.
3: I'm Gabriel Canada.
2: If you haven't noticed already, um, Gabe's here today. That's rare.
3: We'll uh, pick a day to record where I don't work.
2: I, I know that's a problem because other people do, and those people pay.
3: <laughs> I would pay if I was on. It's kind of simple math. <laughs> Fair
2: enough. Andrew pays and he's not on
3: it. Yeah, Andrew pays because he can afford to. Yeah, I know.
2: Uh, that might that might start happening. We might be able to start having it on on days that you can record. Yeah. Um. Once the summer's over, because Peaches was on the Sun King Events team, and they always have events going on the weekends that he has to work. Yeah. So once the summer slows down, that shouldn't be an and Ethel will be back in September, so he could probably do weekends.
3: So you want to get, like, a regular episode in as well?
2: No. I'm, seriously, just an intro.
3: Just an intro. Just
2: an intro and, uh, yeah. You
3: have an intro in the intro of the intro. of oh, them.
2: I, I introduce them. But...
3: What I mean is you could just have them introduce themselves, themselves, which they do, they do, write about Spacebar. yeah.
0: Something is watching you. Something is waiting for you. Something
2: here all right so just uh i guess introduce yourself here and uh, ah, of course i'm nervous i we've had a bunch of people on the show but hardly ever somebody that i actually know it's uh i I did an hour-long sit down with chris claremont and we had lance henrickson on the show and and now you guys and now i'm flustered so just letting (laughs) you guys know
3: To be fair, they're both comic writing androids.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, so just take a minute, introduce yourselves, and uh, we'll get started.
4: Well, I'm uh, Christopher Phelps, co-director, co-writer, and editor on
1: uh, the film Lake Nowhere. And I am Max Van Stoy, co-director of Lake Nowhere.
2: Awesome. And I just want to start out by... uh, Kind of nerding out on this movie, um, I finally watched it. I watched it last night at about ten o'clock, and it's such a, a love letter to the things that I enjoy. I, I felt it was one part Friday the Thirteenth meets Evil Dead. You know, it, it's one of those wonderful pieces of you know. It's kind of why I, I went to film school in the first place. Those were the films that I always loved, and it, it was just such a nice treat. I was smiling during the entire thing. Awesome,
1: awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I really
2: did. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, those, uh, you, you pretty much kind of nailed the uh, the major influences there. I mean, Friday the 13th and Evil Dead and uh, and like Halloween obviously is very much in the DNA of what makes Lake Nowhere uh, what it is and I mean, you talk about, like, you know, those are the movies that made you want to go to film school. I mean, yeah, those were the kinds of movies that, like, when we were growing up, um, you know, at the age of, like, you know, 12, 13, like, and we started, you know, just watching all these horror movies. Like, those were the things that, like, made us want to go out with Chris's family's VHS camera and, like, make our own little slasher movies and, and little short, you know, uh, films. Uh, and we made like a a bunch of those kinds of little things Um, you know one involving like a killer wearing like a plastic Pee Wee Herman mask you know chasing (laughs) me around and
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I mean like
1: uh, yeah we really wanted to sort of finally come back to to that because we haven't done a movie like a a horror movie uh, since
3: then Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah nice what was uh what were the uh, movies that you worked on with David at uh Bolsa? no we, I... <laughs> we, we
2: don't need to talk about those things
3: a, no no not, yeah, the me. only thing horrific is just watching them now, i guess
2: <laughs> pretty much no but even watching the even, watching the
3: what? or watching watch the only thing scary about uh, about those films is when you watch them now and you're like, oh God, what was my thought process
2: <laughs> no not, not <laughs> I'll give these guys credit. They probably... You guys had the most vision while we were at school, so it just... It makes sense that you guys would go and do something like this. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, those uh, those full-sale
2: movies were, uh, were interesting. All of them were.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry for yeah, I mean, in, inducing know, the PTSD flashbacks.
1: You're right. I mean, of course. Like, I mean... Th- it's 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 always nice when you can look back on something that you made and be like, ooh, that was uh, not as good as it could have been, <laughs> um, uh, because it means that you're you know you're moving forward and you're
2: you're getting better and, you know yeah. Exactly. Um, now Chris, uh, there were a lot of uh, you had a lot of family involved in this film, right? Yeah. Uh, does that go back to making the the? Home movies when you guys were small, and just it being a family a family thing.
4: Oh yeah, I mean, um, my my brother went to film school. My older brother Jonathan, and he he did uh, like the the onset special effects and the VHS effects for the film. And uh, my other brother Steven, he did the uh, the music. As well as some visual effects, some uh, post effects, but um, but yeah, we've been making movies, you know, for fun since we were little kids. I mean, my dad, uh, he's always been a tech guy. He's always ready for the next big, the next thing that comes out. He's always had a camcorder, and so yeah, that's that's where we began. Is we used to always just make. Weird little movies when we were kids, you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I would go over to uh, the Chris's house, and uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, yeah, the Phelps family is a uh, is a pretty tight knit, uh, creative bunch. And uh, yeah, I mean, just yeah, Chris's brother, Steve, and John. I mean, together with our with our other friends, I mean, we've we've sort of formed uh, you know our sort of production company uh, together. And uh, we've just been going since, you know, middle school, basically,
2: with this group. That's really awesome. Why, what were the origins uh, of the production company?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, I mean, it started, you know, when we were in middle school or in, in early high school. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. I, what was I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, everybody who starts making movies, you know, wants to have a, their own production company, yeah. so, you know, they got to have some sort of name to, to put at the beginning of of your of your short films and stuff. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, originally we were called Nice Guys Productions Um, <laughs> in high school, and, uh, you yeah, we know, we would shoot a bunch of those short films. We, we did work with, like... Uh, high school making you know videos for them and you know and videos for we did like wedding videos and little music video things and and those kinds of projects um but then as you know as we grew up uh, chris and i we started working at a local television station and uh the owner there encouraged us to like put some of our content on air And so we, like, made this whole sketch show called uh, The Ravicon Show, um, which is, like, a half an hour long, crazy, fly by the of your pants sketch. I I can't really call it sketch comedy. It was sort of, like, sketch everything. Mm -hmm. There was, like, drama, action, and sci-fi, and horror, and comedy, and all all rolled into one. Um, And based on that, it's when, like, uh, our our group kind of really gelled together. Um, And so we... It was 2005. Yeah, it was
3: 2005.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. We had pretty much just graduated high school and everything. Um, so now we're called the Ravicon Collective. Um, and uh, yeah, we've just been going forward ever since. You know, after that, I mean, Chris and I went to full sail and crossed paths with you, we, you know, trying to expand our uh, abilities. Um, yeah, and since, since graduation, we've just been working on, you know, making music videos, doing like commercials, you know, and, and on the side trying to continue to make our, our own films. Um, and yeah, like nowhere just kind of came about pretty quickly. We were just like, Hey, why don't we, uh, let's, let's, let's shoot a little short horror film, uh, in time for Halloween. And this was like, you know, the last week of September back in 2013. Uh, Chris and our, and our friend Ryan, who also lived down in the city, basically just called me up and said, "Like, hey, we're gonna come upstate. Let's try to shoot like a little short film, and we'll, you know, whatever we get, we get, and then we'll, you know, we'll edit it really quick, and we'll turn it around, and we'll release it on Halloween." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that sounds good." And then as the days went on, as we got closer to when we wanted to shoot this thing, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where we were like, "All right, there is no way that we can like turn this thing around." in like a month I don't know what we were thinking I mean we shot the whole thing in like six days Mm -hmm. and then there was just no way we could release it in time so we spent another year in post production finishing it all up and getting everything to look right and sound right you know the original score and the sound effects and and everything
2: Um, you can definitely tell there's every ounce of love in this project
1: yeah yeah we kind of uh, killed ourselves over the details. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was there ever a, a moment where you thought about making after you shot it all? Was there any ever any talk of making it like a theatrical length compared to the fifty-minute VHS format?
3: Um, yeah, there was a little bit of talk about that
1: um, where we were like, man, you know, we're so close to hitting that like theatrical runtime. Mm-hmm. You know what? What if we kind of. Went in and shot some more scenes or whatever, but I mean, we quickly quickly realized that like if you're in a position where you're just adding scenes just to extend the Mm runtime, it's not really you're not servicing the story. You know,
2: that's one thing I thought that worked really well. It would almost feel like padding if you guys were to do that. It did feel like it was a nice tight piece of work. And
4: also we had the Lake Noah itself run. Uh, uh I think about forty four or something mm-hmm. minutes long. And um so the, the supplemental materials, all the, the Harvest Man trail and the Wolf White commercial mm-hmm. and When the River and Dread, all that stuff came together in that year after we you know, when we were in post we we shot that well, Harvest Man we had shot previously, but mm-hmm. Wolf White and When the River uns getting that whole aesthetic right and how and the whole uh Experience that the whole thing has um, in its presentation was something that came together in that next year. So then, like, it was like Noah itself was forty-three minutes, and then we add everything; it's fifty. And at that point, we are like,
3: "Is adding more really what we should be doing?" Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but, it's pretty uh, much. Yeah. I was just gonna say. I mean, in in terms of the art form, it's pretty much Lake Nowhere and Rugrats Family Vacation. I mean, I don't think that you top <laughs> that 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 part of the genre. I mean, clearly.
2: Now, uh, I I read on the I believe it was the website that the uh, the location came in like the seventh hour of uh, pre production or something like that. How uh, how did you yeah. guys end up finding the place?
4: Well, yeah, we had a free location. Uh, that was one of the things that kept us at it was having a location that uh, it was set. But it didn't work out. It, it was uh, two days before we started shooting. A day before our actors showed up, uh, we lost that location. And our producer Ryan, who's also the co-writer. Um, he just sat down, and we were upstate, and he just tried, he stayed up all night trying to find a place, and ended up, uh, he heard back from, I think, five, and one of them was, was okay with it, and so that Sunday, we were shooting the next day on Monday, we location scouted, we didn't really have a choice at that point, it was what it was going to be, but mm-hmm. we just needed. About it and uh it was a perfect location we lucked out because uh, that location i mean not having that could easily have uh broken the movie and just made it not work the location is perfect
2: No, oh, for sure really worked out it was almost a almost well, yeah, that kind was, of felt like a character in it its
4: own yeah definitely it's
3: I mean, how awesome is it that you found a lake infested with the undead? I mean, it's got to be rare.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, that mass killer, like, he's not one of ours. He was there. Like, we just, we just drafted the local. So, you know.
2: So you guys did the evil dead sled, and he just happened to show up. That's why he was so shocked at everything else that was happening? <laughs> yeah. He gives off all the warm and fuzzies in the film. Right? <laughs> And, you know, that's actually I, I did kinda like I don't I don't know if it was entirely intentional, but some of the humor uh that comes from the, the monster, like when he steps on the stick and looks down at it. I thought <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed out loud. I woke my wife up at the time.
1: <laughs> cool, yeah. Yeah, that was um I think that was probably your idea, Chris, right?
4: Yeah, um I couldn't even tell you if that was something that was in the script. It must have been in the
1: script. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that was in the the, the script. And the script basically yeah. consisted of it was more like an outline
4: mm-hmm. than
1: a script, um, because like you know all, almost we, all of the dialogue in the movie is just is just improv on the spot. Um, we
4: did have a script. To be fair, we did have
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a script, but I guess like we you know we kind of treated it more like you know okay these are the these are all the major events that need to happen. Um, right. It was loose, yeah. But that, yeah, that was. It is kind of our big moment of physical comedy, I guess. And it's not even physical comedy. It's just, yeah, that, yeah, him stepping on that stick is the. Yeah, I don't know. Some of it, it's just one of those things that, like, it just feels right to do. I guess.
2: Well, yeah. Even it's though it that never just happens.
1: Painting your your villain in this comedic light, it's uh Yeah, I don't know. It Just, it just feels right.
4: Yeah, uh, i watched- you watched. You- Oh, sorry, uh, I was just going to say, when you go into a scene right after that where he's, uh, he knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. he, he
1: has a killer, he, he's a pro,
4: but uh, but yeah, I, I guess it's just kind of funny to have that moment beforehand where he kind of it up a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've watched, what, 12 Friday the 13th movies, and he always sneaks up on everybody, so it's nice having yeah, that breath yeah. like, <laughs> of fresh air where, oh, oh, whoops, whoops. Someone caught me, uh oh, oh oh shit <laughs> um something else I was curious about it, with all the effects that were in it, I was just curious what the budget was like did you have a certain uh amount that you guys already had put away, or did you crowdfund what was the process in getting the money to make the film
1: yeah, well um like I said before, it was a very quick process of like how how quickly the production kind of came together mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the script was written in, like, you know, two weeks. We, and we kind of figured out, like, this is what we're going to shoot. Then once we had that, we kind of realized, okay, if we want to shoot this thing, in, you know, from two weeks from now, like, you know, we're going we're gonna to need some money to do this because, you know, the heads aren't going to pop off by themselves. So uh, we basically did a quick, like, week, just one week-long Indiegogo campaign, um, you know, where we just tried to get, like, I think we raised like twelve or fifteen hundred dollars off of it, just like you know, mostly from from friends and family, just just to gotta, just get just get our just to pool the money together, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we lost our, our location that we were going to use, and so we had to literally spend use all the money that we raised on Indiegogo to rent the cabin that we that we actually shot at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the budget was—I mean, in all, I think we spent. Around somewhere between four and five thousand dollars. Right.
3: How much did it cost to uh, treat your uh, lead actor for hypothermia?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, there were a few members of the cast that did get very cold. I mean, those, those the waters. It, we were, you know, we were shooting in
3: like mid October.
0: Was, was the nudity like were... an improvisation, or <laughs>
3: was he just like, no, I'm doing. If I'm doing this, this is how it was going down. <laughs> There's no, you're not paying me enough for me not to have, for me to have clothes on. It's just not happening. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah, our friend our friend Nate, who, who played Danny, who is uh, naked for the majority of the, of the movie, um, he had to go in the water a few times, and uh, it was, I mean, it was bitterly cold. I mean, if you look cold in the movie, I mean, there are some shots, that we have like from behind the scenes, where he's in the water, like just shivering uncontrollably, and we're like, "Holy crap, we need to get him out of this water like now!" Because uh, it, yeah, it was, it was it was really really cool. But we you know we did what we could. You know we had like a fire like literally right off camera, and, and you know we just tried to get him in the water and get him out as fast as we could. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, um, what else is there? Gabe, did you have any questions you wanted to bring up?
3: Uh, I guess I'm curious about the, the VHS effects that you mentioned. Um, did you have, uh, so obviously the, the main theme is just like the the tracking that you have throughout, which, God, do I not miss the VHS tracking. That was a thing. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so what what did you kind of uh, try and nail down in terms of those? And I'm curious if you ever submitted to any like found footage festivals or any of the uh, the festivals that kind of try and ape that effect of uh, of the bootleg video or the underground video.
4: Well, that that process was um, we we kind of toyed it for a little bit with uh, plug-in stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like doing it and that never really looked right. You know, it just wasn't there were some things that felt maybe closer, but it just was never right. And we kind of, I think it was, uh, me, Max and my brother, John, like, we should just look at this on VHS. And so we did that. We hooked it up and, and watched it for the first time on VHS. And we were instantly like, there's no other way to do it. We just have to actually transfer to VHS. And that's what we did. But then, um, we kind of had a couple different versions that we put on VHS and then John went through, he captured all that and then uh, he went through and and crinkled by hand the tape, uh, Mm -hmm. a few different versions at different levels and then captured that so then he could lay it all on top of each other which was not an easy process because capturing broken video is not something that's easy Um, but taking all those different layers and making whatever image uh, works at certain points bringing out the shittier versions and at certain points making it cleaner but then he's also able able to overlay it with the HD version and pull out some detail in there uh, that you otherwise wouldn't get Um, whereas like you know on VHS you watch the the text you can't even read especially Mm -hmm. red bleeds like crazy Um, but then yeah, doing the hybrid is kind of this magical, uh higher quality VHS that doesn't actually exist, but yeah, it's kind of awesome.
2: Yeah, that is really awesome. I, I was wondering how it was done because most like you said, most people would try to use plugins. You guys actually put in the work. Holy hell. That's impressive guys. Yeah, it, it really pays is.
4: off. It pays off, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's
2: I, that wouldn't even cross my mind. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs>
3: Do you have a favorite uh, in the genre? Like, what was your like uh, VHS that you would have passed around that your parents would have been really pissed off that you had acquired?
2: Man, I'm trying to think what yeah. <laughs>
1: favorite uh, VHS movie is it?
2: Yeah, like favorite underground VHS, I guess. Was...
3: Underground VHS. Yeah. Oh boy. The type of. Um, I know definitely for me, a Sleepaway Camp was one. It's like my dad was like, "We're throwing this away."
2: I had Night of
1: the, the Comet on VHS. Uh. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp was uh, was a bit of an influence on this movie as well. That um, you know, was one of those. But I mean, yeah, it's it's. Uh,
0: I mean, there. Oh,
3: I feel Sleep like Away there's a, there's
1: a handful of movies that you know. I mean, when you're a kid, you have your sort of we. You know, you had your stable of of movies that you that you own on VHS, mm-hmm. and you just watch them over and over and over and over again. Um, until the, the tape is just worn down, um. But yeah, I mean we so we kind of wanted to that feeling of I mean when we were in high school we used to go over to our friend Dim's house and like spend the night in the basement when you know we'd have like you know a bunch of friends over and he is like you know cinema connoisseur and he always had like just these weird ass underground movies that you'd never heard of like uh, I mean you know stuff like Eyeball and like just you know, it being exposed to things like basket case for the first time, like on VHS in the basement, and like you know, just watching all the stuff that we never heard of, and not knowing what is going to happen when you pop in a tape. Um, that was kind of the, the the
2: the the vibe we were trying to go for. Nice.
3: And then, uh, when did uh, uh, a Japanese lady crawl out of the screen and tell you you were going to die in seven <laughs> I think that was my favorite. Uh... Technological element of the VHS, we've lost that in the transition to DVD <laughs> and Blu-ray.
2: Uh,
3: another question I have: um,
2: how how's the response that you guys have been getting over this? I know uh, Fangoria did a piece. That must be nuts going back to like the the childhood and you know what would that five year old, well not five year old, but the early teenager <laughs> version of you guys think about being in Fangoria.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, we never, I mean, making the movie, we didn't have any of those kinds of expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally while we were shooting it, we were telling the cast and crew, like, yeah, you know, we're probably just going to like, you know, upload it to YouTube and like, you know, it'll be, it'll be up there if people can watch it and like, <laughs> weren't even thinking about it as like, you know, Oh, we should release this, you know, go to film festivals and do all this stuff. Um, so when we decided to start submitting it to film festivals, I mean, we had, we had done we'd submitted films to, to festivals before, but never really had any success. Mm-hmm. But I mean, instantly with we this, it's like just like animal. you know, we were getting accepted here and there, and then it just sort of sort of snowball into this like you know, we'd submit to one place, and then somebody there would see it and be like, oh, this is really good, you should come over here to this festival, and then we would go over here, and then like you know. We real, and then we started to get like reviews, like people, like, yeah, like Mike Gingold from Fangoria would show up to the screening and see it, and then write a really great review of it, and it's like, holy cow, like, this is this is awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's been pretty pretty surreal and pretty fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah, even, I mean, now with the with the Blu-ray release, I mean, the reviews just keep on coming in, and. Uh, the the overwhelming majority have been really positive.
3: And, uh, yeah,
0: I mean, it feels really great. How does that
3: work? Because you're just like, we definitely need a high-def version of the low-def, high-def version of our thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we need
1: to get this. We we need to bridge the gap between VHS and Blu-ray. You know, we got
2: to... Now, is there a way to get a VHS copy of this film? I feel like there should be, like, a special run VHS... Version. We did do VHSs
4: before uh, before we got officially got distribution. We did a run basically for the cast and crew and the Indiegogo supporters that sort of thing. Um, we did a run of them. Oh, I cool. love the movie on VHS. I can imagine. But the whole we 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 have talked about uh, getting that going with. Uh, with
3: Yeah, that'd be really awesome. Well, um, rest in peace, VCR. They literally just manufactured the last one this month. Yeah, I heard
2: about that. The VCR is now finally gone.
3: Yeah, they, yeah. There was some co- last company in Japan somewhere who was
1: making them, and now they, they they've stopped.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a sad well, day. I, but
1: you know, I, oh, yeah, I don't think I don't think VHS is going to stay dead. I mean, so, I think there's always going to be some kind of a some kind of a market for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I don't know if there there will ever be a true like VHS comeback like the way that like vinyl records have kind of like come back in a big way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, you know I think like I mean there are, there's are still a lot of movies that were never released on DVD, only ever released on VHS, and there is a diehard you know cult VHS following of people who just love collecting VHS tapes, and uh, yeah, I mean. I think it'll we'll stick around at least at least
3: in our lifetime. In we're, some fashion. we're sincerely hoping that there is such a cult because uh, that is going to be the main Google search term for this episode.
2: <laughs> um, now, I, I feel like this is a movie that could take over, like, you know, that midnight movie. You know, that Saturday night midnight movie, you know, art house, theater, or even like a local... Uh, there's a theater here in town called uh, the the Irving. They just show horror movies at midnight every so often on Saturdays in October.
3: Yeah, and if you ever need uh, an unfinished horror film to put together <laughs> in one of your films, uh, we got that from <laughs> the Irving uh, as
2: well. But it just feels like one of those movies that could, you know, it could really gain that that cult following of a great midnight movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of thing like you know that kind of a a response, like if it did catch on in that kind of way is, I mean, that would be great, but it's not the kind of thing that you can really count on. I mean, oh, for sure. yeah, you never know what people are going to latch on to, you know, something like the room comes along and it's like, you know, (laughs) it it suddenly becomes a phenomenon. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't foresee that happening with us, but who knows, you know, you never know
3: is the sci-fi channel giving you guys any calls like listen we know how hard it is to make a good bad movie uh, by which I mean we don't actually understand this formula at all even though we've invented it we really need to sit down with you guys just the other day I saw a commercial for two lava
1: two lanchula oh lovely and I was like why aren't we working at the sci-fi
3: channel? Like, I feel <laughs> Wait, like we should be Wait, with Lava Lantula already has a sequel? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, man, Lava Lantula. Yeah, it's
2: too Lava 2 Lantula. Oh, boy.
3: I'm in shock right now because the Hollywood Babylon, he's been promoting that for like a year. <laughs> and now not only does that already exist, um, there's <laughs> a sequel.
2: Yeah, right? Well, you guys have too much talent to be on the sci-fi channel.
3: Wow, well, chucks. <laughs> That's a backhanded compliment, David. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> what? What <laughs> hey,
3: I would not be above making a sci-fi original. Mm-hmm. Hey, Craig Neither Engler follows us on Twitter. Hey, Craig Ingler, hook these people up. <laughs> yeah. Hook us up. Yeah, you know, one of the
1: uh, randomly one of the one of those sci-fi guys. Like the guy who I think he wrote um, Sharknado. Mm-hmm. He just randomly started following me on Twitter, on Twitter like two weeks ago. So I was like,
3: "Huh, that's, that's weird." We had been just shitting all over the sci-fi network for like three years, <laughs> and then we, and then we you did. Out. No, yeah, no. Then we did an interview, one of the most popular things ever we did. We had like three of the face-off people on there, and we said only nice things. And then suddenly sci-fi and all the people were following us, and I was like, "Shit." Uh, well, uh... <laughs> Tayson Day follows me on Twitter, and that's about
2: my. Uh my highlight
3: so what do you think there's a YouTube analog for this I mean I I think that there's a bit of a if if we're talking about it originally the idea was to do a short form video that you could put up online Uh, do you think that this is the type of thing where you could see, uh, see kind of a viral release put on there because we have short term attention spans maybe that's
0: what the VHS was
3: it was teaching our generation to be really shitty and not to pay attention to things right yeah
1: um what so, yeah, you were asking uh, if
3: if, uh, if you could see yourself doing more short form stuff or if you think that maybe the some of these VHS type of uh, formats uh, kind of have a bit of a resurgence by popping up on YouTube or going up online and kind of those short format uh, type of presentations yeah I mean like I, I wonder
1: about like younger generations who didn't necessarily grow up with VHS like I, I kind of wonder how they would, sort of approach like nowhere because it is like you know hitting a, cer- a very specific kind of nostalgia spot you know um yeah I, I, I mean we well there Chris there was that one guy I think at the Erie Film Festival he was like a 17 year old kid or something like that yeah he, he loved the movie he was like this was awesome <laughs> and I was like were you even old enough were you born when the when the VHS
4: was around <laughs> um, yeah, I would think that, the answer it, I would hope is no. that it would still kind of retain like you're, you're able to to have, get that experience from the movie so even if it's something that you're not familiar with I guess it's hard for me to say because I just like it anyway but uh, <laughs> that, that, is, that aesthetic, you know, but I just feel like it's something that like you're seeing into another world you know, and it's a movie that we made as if it existed in a world where it was a movie from the 80s. So, uh, I don't know, I feel like it's a a cool look into a different dimension where that movie existed.
3: (laughs) I see it on a continuum. So like 20 years from now we'll have uh, have a film where uh, PewDiePie or one of his analogs is sitting in a room, and then people are going to be like, "Hey, remember when we thought it was a good idea to watch people play video games instead of playing video games? Because for whatever reason, we thought this would be entertaining, and we would give this yeah. guy more fans than fucking AMC and all the great television and film out there." I'm not bitter in the least. I can't stop talking for some reason.
0: Anyway, back to your film.
1: I think I think, I think you're absolutely. Right. I, I bet you. Yeah, I bet you're right. In 20 years, there probably will be like nostalgic pro films
3: about YouTube streamers. Only they're going to be really shitty because it's really just going to be a film <laughs> about a guy sitting in a booth somewhere playing video games, and it's going to be there for 90 minutes, and then we're going to be like, what even is society anymore? <laughs> Sorry, no offense.
2: Instead of Spotlight, it's going to be YouTubers. Yeah. Instead of a uh, Oh, no, Spotlight
3: is going to be even more. Like, hey, hey remember when people got awards for doing shit? <laughs> Oh, I may have watched *Idiocracy* too many times.
2: Though. <laughs> All right, guys, I don't want to keep you, but uh, to close out here, um, what are you guys doing next?
4: Well, uh, that's a good question. We we've got a bunch of we're, we're talk, in the talks of what we want to do next. We've got um, we've got a feature script for for *Harvest Man* that Stephen Ryan. Ooh, awesome, uh, and um, we would love to, to make that a reality we've got a I, couple ideas we've got a uh, sort of a follow-up to, to lake nowhere that we're in the middle of uh working on right now and
3: um, is it Lake somewhere
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know, we actually get somewhere and then it's <laughs> Well, all
2: that sounds wonderful. I, I, I'll be there as soon as I can. it would hey, be awesome. Hey,
3: and Craig, if you're listening, three lava, three lanchula, man. Yeah. Hook, hook, hook us up. <laughs> uh,
2: now I guess to the last thing. Tell people where they can find it.
1: Um, yeah, the movie is now available on Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Uh, you can buy it through uh, com, which is the distributor. Or you can find it on... You know, major online retailers like Amazon and Walmart, Best Buy, and FYE, places like that. Or if you want to just stream it, you can stream it through uh, Amazon Video or Google Play or Vimeo on Demand. And uh, there are more streaming services uh, later that will be uh,
3: that will be on. So. I have actually. This is both a question and a challenge. Something that perhaps we can assist you with. So. In the spirit of the film it would be kind of interesting if it were carried in uh video rental stores and uh there is actually the last locations of blockbuster one exists in our home state of indiana and the rest are in alaska where the one of our co-hosts is actually stationed really yeah so i was thinking that maybe because i got the contact info Maybe we could hook you up at the last blockbuster in the U.S. if you would be done with that. <laughs> that. I mean, that would be incredible. I would love that. <laughs> I think I think we can actually manage to make that a thing.
1: Okay. That's, yeah, no, if you're y'all. curious, then like, yeah, hook it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could talk
3: to our distributor and get the... Get, uh, Get some copies. It's tangled up in legal for like years. Like, listen, this is a really lucrative market. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, family videos are still a thing here, too. It's
3: weird. Yeah, but no one gives a shit. I mean, come on. It's fam- <laughs> you have prestige. You're in the last fucking blockbuster, man. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's, some, that's some real
1: uh, credibility there. All right,
2: guys. Uh, to to close out, we always like to uh, to ask our guests something. What's something epic about your guys's uh, well, about you guys? What what is that epic fact or that kind of epic fact?
1: Oh uh, yes, kind of epic, huh? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you know, do you know what is epic about us, Chris?
4: Um.
2: Got you guys on the spot.
3: <laughs> this may have been why this was never I a continuous not. thread of our podcast, David. Yeah.
4: I mean, I, I would, I guess, I would just say our uh, group, the Ravicon Collective, we feed off of each other, and we love to make art. And I would say that that's kind of
2: epic. I, I would agree. It is, it is kind of epic. <laughs> that's awesome, guys. Uh, thanks again for doing this. It was a it was a blast. Uh, I've had yeah, a good thank time. Yeah, you for having us. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and let you guys go. Thanks again. It was a uh, it was a good time. It
4: was
1: All nice right, talking uh, to you. Yeah, thanks a lot, dude. And yeah, yeah, thank you Good
3: talk to you, Gabe. All right. And a pleasure to meet you guys. Hope you wish you guys the the best success, and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch.
2: Cool. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Don't be a All stranger, right. guys. Anytime you want to come back on, let us know.
3: All right. Yeah, oh. David, you got uh, you, been,
1: you been reading all this uh, DC
2: Rebirth stuff. I have been. It's I'm really enjoying
1: it. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've, I've purchased every every Rebirth issue so far. Oh, nice! So I,
2: every, I can't what? say I've done. I I've, I've okay. kind of jumped head first. Nice. Uh, yeah, I use a, uh, a comic distributor. Uh, oh, I'm using a uh, DiscountComicBookServices dot com. Uh, They ship it once a month. I get all my books from there, but everything is 50 to 40% off. Really? Yeah. I highly recommend checking them out. What's it called again? Discount Comic Book Services. Discount Comic Book Services. I will definitely check that out. That's pretty cool. I'm getting like 80 issues a month for 100 and and change.
3: Oh, dear God. Holy shit. Yeah, it's awesome. We (laughs) We were saying those things for different reasons.
2: <laughs> but yeah, you should check okay. that out. But yeah, all, all of DC Rebirth has been it's been the best DC stuff since New Fifty Two. I know
1: it's crazy because like I keep every week I'm like, all right, let's see if, uh, if if one of these titles is something I can drop now, and then it never is, and I'm like, God damn it, I got to keep reading this stuff. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be able to drop titles, but I can't.
2: Yeah, well, the, the wife is telling me the same thing. She's like, you need to drop, and I'm like, I can't. I can't do it.
3: Oh. that's why I said, Oh dear God, you said a hundred dollars and I'm like, you're married and you and she's
2: letting me do that because she's wonderful she gets she gets the addiction
1: i' I've, uh, I've kind of hooked uh, my girlfriend on to uh the joys of weekly comic book reading
3: nice I, I'm Actually, starting to yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you should do a screening on Halloween at the uh, that comic book shop that you guys used to go to in Florida. That a uh, uh, a A comic shop. shop. Oh,
2: they would probably do it too. They
3: have a they have a thing called the Geek Easy, so they have a a screening room where they show films and stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't reached out to anyone at Full Sail at all about the movie. Um,
3: I would I feel like it'd be kind of nice to to do something like that. Yeah, Uh,
2: that'd be pretty awesome.
3: They should organize a movie night of like horror films made by the Full cell people at the comic <laughs> shop. Yeah, no, that would be kind of cool.
1: Actually, that'd be uh pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. We we haven't gone back to uh to Winter Park since graduation.
2: I haven't been to Florida since graduation.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Neither. Neither we
2: <laughs> I miss it. I I do miss living there. It's a lot better than Indiana.
3: Are you? Actually, no, that's the reverse of everything that you've ever said about almost anything. No, I, I liked Florida.
2: <laughs> I liked living
3: in Florida. Florida was fun. You complained about the insects, the fact that you had to ride your bicycle everywhere? That's
2: because I'm a fat guy, Gabe. <laughs> Gabe, I'm fat. Of course I'm going to complain about riding my bicycle. <laughs> I mean, it, Florida was
1: not my, you know, I mean, that kind of heat is not my kind of thing.
2: Yeah. There was so, bad. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was awful. Like, I mean our apartment was literally like a, it was like a five minute bike ride to where most of our classes were and just in those five minutes I would walk into class like completely fucking
3: drenched <laughs> why did like no dog, one at so cool. own an automobile
2: No, well, we did but we all lived close enough to where why drive yeah it, I'm not
1: pulling out on a fucking Cimarron that, that road <laughs> <laughs> I want to drive on that <laughs>
2: All right, guys. Well, I'll let you go. Right, <laughs> nice talking to you. Yeah,
1: nice, nice chat, you. Um, oh, and, yeah, I, and
3: and you think I was joking about that last blockbuster shit? I am not joking.
1: <laughs> no, if you're, if you're not joking, then then uh, we're not joking. I, I will tell it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you have like contact information or, or whatever. Oh, and if
3: you're you not following you them yet, you mark, you should definitely follow Last Blockbuster, which is an amazing Twitter account. Last Blockbuster. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, definitely will. Um, do you guys have a, a Twitter? Uh, tell people where to find you guys if you're reachable on the uh, interwebs.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's at Ravicon. All right. It's R-A-V-A-C-O-N. Cool.
3: You hear that, Craig Angler? You better be listening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, guys, take care. All
4: right. All right, you too. Right, bye. Bye.
3: bye. I gave Craig Engler so much shit.